Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Hello and welcome to this, the latest episode of ESSR Central here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I'm your host, Stephen Wilson, and as always, we'll be going through the week's worth of views, reviews, anything that you can snooze about in professional wrestling. Uh, before we get on to that subject, uh, just a bit of housekeeping as we always do. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Suplex Retweet. You can also subscribe to us if you have not subscribed to us already on any of the podcasting platform. Just search for us, Eat Suplex Retweet. And of course, you can also find us on YouTube where we have a lot of content such as Quiz Showdown and Conspiracy Theory hosted by some useless bugger who's on this panel. <laughs> but you'll come to him later on. Brings uh, me on perfectly. Let's introduce today's panel. I believe that we have what I would call the ESSR's version of the hot business with me today. First of all, he is the the ringleader, uh, the head of the mafia, you know, the man who, who makes all the money with his cheap flights to Dublin. Ryan Gallagher, everybody. <laughs> Thank you very much, Stephen. I have been known in my time on this podcast to dish out a few bits of hot business. I'm uh, well versed in dishing out hot business, so thank you very much. Glad to be here. Anytime, anytime. Next up, he's a man. He's he's like Bobby Lashley. He's a bit all talk. Sometimes he can put it up, but sometimes you know he gets lapped in segments when he talks about his sisters and Lana. It is David the Goat Campbell. Yes, yes. It's, it's lovely, lovely to join you here today on this edition of Central. Um, I'm two Coronas deep, which uh, in lockdown speak means I'm fucked. Not getting on. I'm fine. You know, I'm here. I'm your ESSR champion uh, for a sixth time, and I'm ready to go. It's going to be fun. Yes, and up next, he is our version of Cedric Alexander. He's a bit of the indie darling here on this podcast because he's one of the only ones who has a clue about anything that goes on to the east of the wrestling world. Apart, in fact, just outside the WWE, he seems to be the man that knows pretty much everything going on there. It's Grant McRobbie. All right, well, Cedric Alexander, is he in the hot business? <laughs> <laughs> he's the fourth man. He's the US member. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate me for this comparison because, you know, I'm going to compare him to Shelton Benjamin, of course. <laughs> sometimes, you forget he's there sometimes, but he's been there for since pretty much near the start. It's uh, Ross McLeod. <laughs> I mean, I thought after what I said on Law Report, I'd be big Bobby Sashley, but um, apparently not. <laughs> I mean, Stephen, come on, a bit more enthusiasm. Come on, it's central. News, reviews, interviews, previews. Here we fucking go. Come on! You love that kid. The first minute, Stevie. Yeah, uh, you've loved the, the build into it. That's, that's so. Uh, speaking of news, previews, reviews, let's go into the last side of things, which is the, the review side of things, because we had Hell in a Cell this past Sunday, and it was a refreshing pay per view, I think, because, well, there were six matches. It was good. You know, we had nice spaced out matches which kind of helped. Uh, uh, we'll start off with the match that opened the pay-per-view. We'll, we'll pretty much just mainly go through the Hell in a Cell matches themselves because nobody really wants to talk about Slapjack versus Bobby Lashley. Grant, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'll start with you because I, def- <laughs> I know you watched this match. Uh, I can guarantee you watched this match. You did tell us you watched this. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. Hell in a Cell, I quit match uh, for the Universal title. It's been a, 
I know you, you out of all the guys here, you watch the least WWE, but they've done well with this story with the two of them and the I quit aspect of it kind of helped with how they built into it. Aye, we, we all know that I'm the complete indie wank that doesn't like WWE that much. Let's face it, I don't But that storytelling was absolute fucking genius. And when you look at it, you can just see it, like him saying, I'm the head of the table, and you can see The Rock sitting there like the laughing Leo DiCaprio meme. <laughs> Thinking, no, you're no. <laughs> it is stellar storytelling. I can't deny that. And it was, it was actually it was just brutal. Everything felt hard hitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ross, you know. We've craved the Roman Reigns heel for so long and, you know, he's proving dividends. He played a blinder, I think, in this one with the storytelling and this and how he, he's helped to make his cousin look like a legitimate star, in a way. Ross is making his point well on mute at the present time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, we'll go back to Ross for what he thinks. Sorry, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, I was doing all the technical stuff there and making sure it was like, Right, it's the headphone mic and all that, and then had unmuted the fucking thing. Um, sorry. Um, yes, as I say, uh, yeah, last month's Clash of Champions, I think we were all like, right, he's definitely not going to win, it's a one and done. Then we got this again, you know, and it was like, oh God, not, not again. He's obviously not going to win. I think both matches have been absolutely superb, as you said. Jos has looked a star. There's always those moments, no matter what the match is, you know, it could be Triple H versus Jobber number one, but unnamed Jobber. But whenever someone gets a super kick in, there's automatically that, it happened with, it happened with. And then in the I Quit match, when Jay got the strap, you're like, you know, they've been known to call I Quit matches before when someone can't, you know, physically answer it. You know, it, it dragged you in. And it, as Grant said, such great storytelling and it was also such a refreshing change of pace to get this at 11 o'clock at night, you know, because we go, our clocks go back a week before America, so we got an early pay-per-view for once and we were done, in and out, and done for two o'clock, just how I like it. It's great, it's absolutely smashing. Uh, speaking of the 11 o'clock aspect, Ryan, I was quite surprised that they actually, they opened the show with Roman and Jay. I thought they might have put them on... Maybe the middle one, I maybe thought they might have started with the, I mean, they might started with Sasha Bailey. It probably could have started with Drew Randy, but I was, this was the one I didn't think was going to start the show. I thought because of the actual storyline with this one, that it would have been the, the main event. You know, Drew, Drew and Orton, you know, if I had to pick myself, I thought Sasha and Bailey would have been the first one, Drew and Orton second, uh, Roman and Jay last. But aye, it was quite, it's a, a decent way to start the show, man. It, it kind of, it got me hooked in right for the right for the get-go. Um, like I say, I thought this would have been main event for the night because I thought the storyline, I was more invested in this one than I have been with the numerous Drew and Orton stuff that you've had for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and months. And no, delighted to see this one, to be fair, because like I say, it set the tone for the whole show for me. I was mm-hmm. we done a show, um, me and Ross, it was out this week, the often letting us down. Um, with, with certain hair and cell matches, I thought there were three really, really strong matches on this card. Yeah, definitely. Before we go on to the other two, David, I'll go to you because uh, you are a resident acting expert. Air quotes <laughs> for the people, for the listeners at home. Uh, Roman Reigns at the end of this match, as I kind of went to the finish, we got uh, beating his cousin to an absolute, pretty much a pulp without any blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Jimmy comes down, tries to you know, simplifying, trying to get Roman to go away, saying, what have you become? And that's it. We get, Roman Reigns goes on his knees 
Mm. Tears running down his face. And then the blood darts. Switches it. Big switch. Puts the, the submission on Jimmy. And then Jay quits to help his brother. It's a, it's a great bit of acting on the part of Roman to kind of flick the switch so quickly like that one. And maybe you think, well, maybe it does. Maybe it's just being a bit sympathetic. And then he goes, no, I'm an arsehole yeah. again. Yeah, I've only managed to see the highlights of LNSL just with my schedule this week, but that was shown in its entirety just because the whole sequence, the end sequence is a highlight in itself. I think Roman Reigns for years, we can talk about it with our blue in the face, has been looking for an opportunity uh, to portray a character who he feels comfortable portraying in WWE, a character that allows him to flex those acting muscles to do something different. Uh, in the end of that mount, at the end of that match, uh, is just a, a, an example of the talent that Roman Reigns has. We look at him as a, a physical specimen. Roman Reigns has put in good matches with everyone from Big Show to Brock Lesnar. His in-ring talent is beyond refute. But like you say, Stephen, his performance there was amazing. And I like when an I Quit match ends in this sort of fashion. I remember, I think it was Flair versus Foley, uh, SummerSlam 06. It ended quite similarly. It was Molina involved in that one, of all people. Um, but this worked really well. And then going to the top of the ramp, Afa and Sika coming out. Very significant moment uh, placing those beads in the reins. I loved, uh, like you said, the storytelling was everything in this match. But like you said also, Stephen, combines everything that's great about Roman Reigns. It's not only the character work, the in-ring work is stellar. And that's what gets overlooked sometimes, I think. I uh, thought we had the other Hawk there, there for a minute. Uh, the other David saw there for a minute there. He did a Hawk there, remembering some match from like 15 <laughs> years ago. To the exact details, you know. But uh, I loved it. I loved it as well. When Roman's going up the ramp, you get Heyman behind him. And Heyman's face to the back of Roman's like, what have you just done? You know, it's just those wee little details with Paul Heyman when he does these things in these matches that helps. But Roman Reigns, he's been absolutely brilliant in this feud. Jay Uso's been a great fold for him. It's the first real heel feud for him. I think it's perfect to have a guy like Jay in there. You know he's not going to win it, but he's done enough to kind of help bring out this sympathetic nature to it. And I think, because he's been there for so long, you know he's been a tag team specialist, but it was a good match to open the show, the Hell in the Cell. Uh, was it my favourite Hell in the Cell match of the night? Though math, that goes to the match we're going to talk about now. The second Hell in the Cell match of the evening, it was the match, it was like years in the making, it was years in the making, but, but we did at least get a good payoff for it. As it stands, it was Sasha Banks versus Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Title. Uh, Ross, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, this match came in; it had such high expectations to a lot of people because we've had the feud tease for so long. Obviously, we had the two matches they had in the NXT five years ago. It was a good payoff as it stands to what we've, we've had all these months. Yeah, um, Bailey versus Big Amanda, Big Amanda Lorian. Um, Bubble bunch. <laughs> customer service queue. <laughs> Karen, Karen via Mandalorian, and uh, I thought it was superb. Uh, we we talked, as Ryan mentioned, on the Hell in a Cell preview show, which came out after Hell in a Cell, um, about how I, I felt this needed. Like not the feud didn't have to end, but Sasha had to win the title here for the simple fact Bailey's reign has been superb. You know, when it first started, you know she was sort of third wheel at Survivor Series with Shayna and uh, Becky. But she was, she kind of grew into it, and a lot of that was Sasha. You know, the two of them teaming up together, the two of them winning all the gold. Then the the turn, the turn was excellent. You know, we we had to sit through a horrible Nikki Cross match uh, in the interim <laughs> before we got to um, Sasha and uh, Bailey. But absolutely amazing! What a way to end the reign! 
hell of a sell of the night, I think. And, you know, a lot of people were down on Sasha for the simple fact the first Women's Hell in a Cell wasn't, I think it got too built up. Whereas now that Women's Hell in a Cells are more the norm, this one was appreciated for what it was, which was just, it was a feud, two years in the making, best friends turned bitter enemies. And yeah, there's not much more you can really say about it. It was absolutely superb. Yeah, Brian. Uh, Ross obviously mentioned a lot about Bailey. She's had this year-long reign, which has been great. But we'll focus on the other side to Sasha Banks. My personal opinion after watching this match: this is the best match in the main roster I've seen Sasha Banks do. I thought the innovation that she did in this match, all the spots she was pulling out, the way she was just throwing moves, using the cell. I thought she was absolutely fantastic in this match. I'm going to be honest, I think this is the best I've ever seen Sasha Banks. You know, in terms of her look, go to the ring, she looked a million dollars. She looked outstanding in the match as well, like you see all these kind of big spots that she had. I actually had a, a fear that they were going to completely ruin everything that this is built up to. Um, like Ross said there, I thought Sasha had to win this. Um, but all them kind of spots... She just, I don't know what it is about Bailey in this one. She she really annoyed me. Um, there was a few times that she seemed to just kind of get lost in the match, and I, I kind of started to kind of fall away from it. Um, but massive props to Sasha Banks, man. She when she used that fire extinguisher on her, I was like, this is brilliant. This is exactly what I'm looking for in my hell myself. Match is something completely mental. But no, she looked outstanding in this match, mate. Um, on the top of Bailey, I mean, the thing I'm still that they took kendo sticks with the tape. I don't have a clue what the hell she was today. No, that's that's what I mean. You know, there was wee bits like, you know, what happened after that. She got back in the ring and she got attacked by a fire extinguisher, but it just didn't make sense. You know, it didn't lead up to it properly. Like she was just kind of wandering about aimlessly, setting up for that spot. Yeah. Uh, David, going into this match, <laughs> Sasha Banks, she kind of was, she had this mantra as coming in, boss in the cell, given the fact this is the third women's cell on the cell. She's been in all three. I'm not the biggest fan, Ross briefly mentioned, I'm not the biggest fan of a hell of a cell with Charlotte from many years ago. I thought our match with Becky last year was the uh, WWE's match of the year, my personal opinion last year. It was either that or Kofi Daniel Bryan. Uh, yeah. It was just outstanding. People forget how good that match was last year because it was on the same card as Rollins versus The Fiend, you know. But, you know, she seems to, she, she, even though she was using like the kendo stick with the cage like she did last year she was doing it in different ways she was kind of mm. setting it up in all these different positions you know and as uh, Ryan said she looked a million bucks but she needed to have a foil in Bailey and I think Bailey played her roles at points very well as well in terms of just even at points where she was quite close to the commentary but she's still shooting at Michael Cole you know she's still playing that hateable character which you never thought you'd see from Bailey a year ago oh. I've said this before, the interaction uh, the Bailey has with the commentary team is, is genius, not enough people do it, it's, whole, it's so genuinely funny, and Cole gets thrown off like each and every time when he makes a wee sassy comment back, like, and it's, it's dead good, but like you said there, Sasha Banks' experience inside Hell in a Cell, I think helped her in this match, you talk about the innovative spots, it's easy for wrestlers, I think, uh, to come up with these things, but another thing to think, will that practically work? within the confines of the Hell in the Cell environment. You don't know that unless you've competed in it. Um, so that's what's, that's what's great about Sasha. Going back to those matches she's competed in before, I think this Charlotte match isn't that bad, but it's, it's let down by the finish. You know, the finish is underwhelming, like the table doesn't break, it, it goes a bit, you know, gun-ho. Uh, the Becky match, I agree with you, is amazing. I think part of that was how excited we were to see Banks back. 
And it's weird because since that Becky match, she's she's played second fiddle to Bailey, you know, for lack of a better term, for a lot of that partnership. So it's finally good to see her out front on her own again as the SmackDown Women's Champion. And I do hope they cool off this Bailey feud because I think it will end at WrestleMania. I'd like to see Sasha against some different opponents who are not Bailey and not Asuka, which we are getting the Survivor Series. Um, but like someone new, she named the entire roster the other night and she'd have good matches with all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Grant, I'll throw you as a New Japan, say your New Japan expertise, you know, the way they do matches is obviously different from the way WWE book matches. And then the thing with WWE, you kind of worry with this one. They've had this really good match. They've played everything well. We've had all these great spots. We've had a Sasha had a belly to belly for God's sake. You know, don't see a belly. feel like I've not seen that move in ages. But <laughs> they could risk ruining it if they run the feud going forward. And given the way that SmackDown women's roster looks, there's a danger that could happen. Do you think this should be a one and done? Or do you think WWE will just we'll chuck them together until WrestleMania and try and run this out because they've had such a good hell of a sale? I think they should keep them apart for a while. You know, find some way to keep them at each other at arm's length. A very New Japan style thing like what they've done with Okada and Omega where you, you have big matches but you have gaps between them. You have a few months to tease them, they're built. Don't don't just blow your load in a single like a single feud over three pay-per-views. That's what I hate about WWE. It feels like the rule of three, one match, second match, rubber match, every time. Give it, build Get a build to the Royal Rumble. Have a tease happen there. Have, have like Bailey win the Rumble. Boom. Then you've got Mania set up. Banks, Bailey, big match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they're going to do it, they need to do something like that. I mean, we've got the advantage of Survivor Series at least coming up, and that at least gives Sasha something else to do. She's got Asuka to face. Bailey will likely captain the SmackDown women's team. I can't see anybody else captaining that team. So it's. I, I think. Um, I think. We'll be- Sorry, no, you go, Ross. Sorry, right, um, yeah, I just I, I don't think Bailey will be on Survivor Series, but I hope not. Obviously, WWE's women's division, you know, from being so prominent at one point to now being very shallow with no big stars, minus like the Horsewomen. Uh, I think, I think it'd be better if she was off Survivor Series and maybe she cost Sasha, and then we get maybe. I think they'll maybe do Sasha v Bailey again at TLC, and then I think Sasha will maybe win the Rumble. Yeah, it could be. There's, there's interesting ways they could go with it, but I think they need to try and avoid just chucking it straight in there. You know, they need to find some other way of doing it because that's kind of the problem we've seen with their final Hell in a Cell match, David. It was uh, Drew versus Randy. They mm. fought in the series of the battles between these two. They had the match at SummerSlam. They had the match, class of champions, where you know the the old fogies team helped you know Drew retain his title. Yeah. It was inside Hell in a Cell. You know they had to try and gauge their interest on it. You know they tried to do it at the start by having them just have a brawl outside the cell at first. You know they give them credit; they did try something. Yeah. It had to be the match that went to the top of the cell because of what you're saying, Stephen. It's the match with the least intrigue going into it because the storyline's been going on that long. I wasn't really interested in seeing them go at it again. It's one of those things where you're like, yes, you need a a rivalry that's been heated uh, to have and deserve the hell in a cell, but not this one. You know, not not this one. This one seems to have petered a wee bit. They got to a peak and then we're ready for it to be over. 
So I'm glad this went to the top of the cell. I'm glad they got the the fall moment with Drew going through the irons table because at least it's something memorable. Um, for me, with this one, I agree. There's been actually reports this week that the locker room in WWE uh, were very confused about this particular booking decision. Uh, insiders reporting that. I'm not confused by it, but I am a bit miffed about the way Drew's title run has went because I think in hindsight, we're going to look back at Drew's title run as, oh yeah, he had that feud with Randy Orton. And there's not much more if we're honest with ourselves that's memorable about it. So at least it does end uh, with a big moment inside Hell in a Cell for him. Um, and we'll need to see what happens going forward. Uh, Ryan, you mentioned on the feature show this week that what you loved about your favourite Hell in a Cell match being there live, it was the Shane McMahon coming off the top of the cell, you know. The reason I partly Drew did that spot in the match where he comes from the side of the cell is because of his big shot Michael's fan and he wanted to kind of repeat that spot that we've seen from 1997. Did it feel like natural though to you when you watched this that this having this spot in there? I'm not a fan of um see that that spot when they're both on the side of the cell and and somebody just basically pushes herself off it and through. You know, it doesn't look natural. It looks so staged that they take a punch and then you see them just pushing herself. The thing that the point I made on the, the feature show about the Shane McMahon one was I knew fine well that when I went to this, I was going to see Shane McMahon on top of that cell throw himself off it. You know, there's a difference between jumping off it and actually pushing yourself off to go through a table just for a fit. So for me, the spot, as cool as it would have been for, for Drew, and it might have been a kind of personal thing for him to to do that spot, it done absolutely nothing for me because I seen it coming a mile away. You know, there was no shock factor to it. There was no, oh my God, he's been through a table. It just looked like he's pushed himself off to try and make a table for me. But see, going back to what uh, David just said there a second ago, they were talking about um, Drew's title run. My problem I've got with how this, this went was they waited too long to have Orton take the title off him. That should have happened pre-ambulance match. This should have happened before. And then he could have been on a storyline afterwards to to then try and get it back. Now all it looks like, you had your lucky win. You then had to get four people to help you to beat him in the ambulance match. And then the first time you get him one-on-one in a hell in a cell, he beats you. It makes Drew look so, so weak And this. So I think, yeah, I agree with David. I think they have ruined his title run in anything we look back on it now that's all I'll think of talking, again, talking more on that grant about Drew's title and obviously it's ended as there's been a lot of comparisons to that and Kofi's reign last year they kind of ended round about the same time they both won it round about the same time do you think Drew's had a bit of a, bot, a, a, a raw deal because of all the Covid stuff you know he's not actually had to defend in front of a crowd where this should have been a massive thing for him you know as the first you know British and Scottish heavyweight champion and do you think he just he, he, I feel like he's done good with what he's been given but I think he's obviously he's, he's, had, he's been chucked in with Dolph Ziggler you know he's been chucked in with Randy so many times you know it's they don't I don't feel like they've given him much to, to work with they've not given him the best opponents to work with and I'll be honest to me one of my biggest issues with Drew's run is I feel they missed out by having like, it was hard not to have him come in as a face champion let's face it you're going against Lesnar you're instantly a face to me they missed a chance by putting them heel and but I, I suppose they're kind of wanting to do that with Roman so you, you don't really want to heal badass champions but Drew when he's just being a badass works for me 
the face drew can sometimes be a little bit, it comes a little bit forced to me at points. Um, but sadly, it was kind of lost in the fact that you had stronger heels like Seth Rollins and stuff like that, where you could have great matches, like Drew and Seth. Put someone like Murphy into the, into the mix. Could have had some great matches, something a little bit more left field. Yeah, he, he had that his first proper match for the title was with Seth, and then they kind of just chucked Seth away. And Seth is destined to forever feud with the Mysterios. It appears, you know. Hopefully not, <laughs> but we'll find out in the coming weeks on that one. Uh, Ross, we'll throw to the new WWE champion side of things and Randy Orton. You've mentioned many, many times that this is probably the best year that Randy Orton's had, but as the guys have said, do you think this title win is just diluted by the fact that? He's had this is the third attempt. He's lost two. His momentum's maybe cooled a wee bit after what we he had over the summer with the match with Edge and the stuff with the likes of the big big show and Christian. Uh, yeah, I think there's, there's, so, there's so many good things, but at the same time, in recent weeks, it sort of just crumbled. You know, as Grant said, the the Drew face character can sometimes come across a bit forced. You know, when he's going, "Hey, all you cool cats and kittens." Where he's Gerard Butler, Scottish accent. Carol Baskin. <laughs> Gerald fucking Butler. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, it, it's it's sometimes it's very false to Drew character, and I think going up against Randy on promos, he was always going to get beaten because Randy Orton as a heel is so good at promos, and he's got that typical "I don't give a fuck." You know, I'm going to beat you and I'm going to take your title. And then when you put those two together and it's the guy who's not coming off well on the promo such as Drew and the guy who's, I'm going to win no matter what, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win, doesn't win. It does dilute the eventual title win. Um, it's just, I think Drew's been given a raw deal, as the panel talked about. Randy, it's sort of cooled off now. And this is a feud that went maybe a pay-per-view too long. I don't think they should have had the ambulance match. I think, um, you know, we, we very nearly didn't have a women's title match on Clash Champions due to COVID. Could we not have just had Randy maybe become interim champion at Clash of Champions? And then after it, Drew says, if you want to take my title properly, get me in hell myself. Because as Ryan said, that Clash of Champions match did nothing. It was, you know, it was the geriatrics, you know, the over 75 team that helped Drew win, you know what I mean? So, I, I don't know, is it? I don't want to be too critical about it, but at the same time, there is a, there is a lot to be critical about. Yeah, it's kind of, the, it's the more, out of the three hell in the sales, it's the one you can be more critical about because Sasha Bailey was a fantastic match and they've had a really good feud, you know, over the course mm. of the year. Jay and Roman's mm. been great for the time as well, but this one's kind of felt dragged on, but when you can't, with the result, Ryan, I think it kind of throws into what we've been. There's a lot of rumours going about that now, with Randy as champion, there's a lot of rumours been going about in the last week about the what Vince is planning for the three matches of WrestleMania as of this time, and it looks like what he wants in his mind is Randy taking on Edge in match three of their series. Roman, the hope is that Roman will face The Rock. Whether The Rock will come to a max 20% stadium, I don't know. And the other one, which we've talked about last week, or the other in previous weeks, is the long shot, probably based on other circumstances, is Ronda versus Becky. This seems to be the three matches they want for WrestleMania, Ryan. 
what chances do you think we have with that, that all, any of that happening? Do you feel that any of that could happen by the time we come to March, April? Uh, Ronda and Becky will not happen. Um, what was the first one? Orton and Edge. That probably will happen, although I don't want to see that again, especially for a title. Like, if that's what they're going to go with, if it's going to be a title match, then I don't want to see that at WrestleMania. I'd rather that was a, the story behind that one is big enough to carry it without needing to put the title online for that because what's going to happen uh, you're going to have Edge win it what's, is Edge going to keep the title no he's going to lose it in about two weeks after that so it's just going to become null and void he's not going to be a full time wrestler anymore um, in terms of the other two Rock and Roman you're saying well the Rock can't be a 20% stadium the Rock will go anywhere if you pay him enough money to go to it so if you if you want to get the checkbook out and save your Wrestlemania with your 20% capacity you pay you pay big money for the rock. Also, see just before you let anybody else in. I just see obviously we're on Zoom. We're doing this on Zoom right now. I just want to pick up David Campbell. Did I just see you tanning a bottle of Jack Daniels straight <laughs> for the bottle? Did I did I see that happen, mate? Uh, it did one hundred percent happen, Ryan. I started my placement this week uh, for high school teaching. Uh, it's been very stressful. Uh, Absolutely so- <laughs> solid, man. Solid. I tried to pick up. But I, I thought I'm not going to let that go. Go on, no. Get a checkbook out, get the rock, and, and he'll be there. Aye, I'll, I'll throw back to David on that one because, David, if, if these kind of puzzle pieces come into play, there's a high chance that that could then mean we'll have Edge potentially being the Royal Rumble winner. And if Rock's going to be facing Roman, that throws into, you know, a, lot, in a span on the works to the two ones that many people would like to see win that Rumble being Keith Lee. If they figure out how to bloody book Keith Lee, we'll talk yeah. about that in a bit. And what are your boy Biggie? What's my thing? Uh, actually, I do think those are the two guys that will miss out uh, if these plans do go ahead. I actually I disagree with Ryan. I think The Rock's had these problems with his insurance for movies uh, for many years now. Is the thing that's kept him away from wrestling is that fear of injury. Um, so I don't know if that will happen. I do think it will be a shame if you bring in both Rock and Edge for those high-profile matches, because I think a major problem we've had with WWE, and we can say it to everyone on the face, putting these part-timers in these big match environments, when they don't need them, Ross is right, there's a story there uh, for these things without titles, you know, like all the time. I hope, that what I hope happens is Rock can't make it, and Edge and Orton isn't for the title, and that means Keith Lee might get a main event shot Give us Drew versus Lee or something for the WWE Championship. Give me Big E getting that shot at Roman Reigns because God knows he deserves it. And if Becky can't make it back in time from pregnancy, because I don't know if Vince McMahon uh, actually knows how pregnancy works uh, and how you need time to recover after having a child come out of you. Uh, give us Asuka versus Ronda. Give us that match at WrestleMania. Now, I'm saying that and already in my head I'm going... Ronda's going over Asuka <laughs> like, that's a problem we can deal with down the line but it's still a high profile match for Asuka that I don't necessarily think she's had that could elevate her to that even upper echelon of talent in WWE what about I, Sasha? what about Sasha? get up against Ronda I think for me Sasha and Bailey's the match Like, I know you're saying about dragging that feud along but if Bailey goes away for a while wins the rumble and you don't see them face again till Wrestlemania I think that's enough to keep it fresh so I'd keep those two together Mm-hmm. Uh, Grant, I mean, see with these three matches on paper, do you think this is WWE's way of trying to make up for the fact that they could not run a WrestleMania in front of a crowd this year, going for these three matches with these blockbuster names? 
they're going big, but I'm in agreement with the guys about the title situation. And I mean, well, if you look at the problem they've got with part timers and titles, we we talked Lesnar, the fact that he was never there with the title. Um, I'll even call my own favourite promotion for this bullshit, John Moxley. Where the fuck are you with that American title in New Japan that we've not seen in almost a bloody year? I mean, there's COVID, man. <laughs> they, no, they, 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 they could strip him. Come on. They could get that run about with a briefcase. You know, Right. We're not that stripping the, that Moxley and Rive TV. That's only for Renee to see. All right, so enough of that patter, Stephen. <laughs> all right, that, does, that doesn't work because at the end of the day, all the other guys from America are back over in, in, this, in Japan right now. So okay. Moxley, get your arse out there. Get that belt in the line. Yes. But yeah, going for the big names, I think David nailed my big issue in the head with Rock Insurance. The Rock so much as tears are like a bloody arse muscle out of place. It's going to probably cost like <laughs> fucking 50 million. Yeah, with that, those, those are the people's buns. <laughs> <laughs> That's America's buns. <laughs> I think, um, obviously, the, all the guys do make great points about um, about the guys coming over. I think, on an edge, I wouldn't want to see the title. I'd, I'd actually like to see a straight-up match. You know, no special effects, no off-site films, no stipulations, no drawn-out ladder fights, you know, just a straight-up match. Because, they had that. The greatest. Know, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think, you know, we, we've discussed, obviously, me, David, Ryan, and you, Stephen, about uh, football teams in Scotland relying on European football to to kind of subsidise them. How do we subsidise people that hundred thousand people showing up for WrestleMania. Like and I know the rock is absolutely worth it to the investors when you go, by the way, the biggest action star in Bollywood coming in, but then when you don't have a hundred thousand ticket sales to back that up, sometimes it can be a hard ask and obviously we've got the insurance issue. But Vince and, Man's got like billions of dollars in the bank, mate. Like let, let's be no, honest here. He, he, he has got billions of dollars in the bank. Like He's off the billionaire list. He's off the billionaire list. He's just hundreds of millions now. Billions, that's billions, that's billions. He's only getting the hundreds of millions. He's pleading poverty. He's got a lot of money, let's be honest. No, that's my point, though. When when we talk about, you know, spending the money for The Rock, he he can spend the money, you know, see if it's going to put on a good show. The guy is not short of you, Bob. Let's be honest. If he wants to put on, like, something like The Rock and he wants to bring him in for it then just do it man just I'm going to do my, my best Roy Keane impression just go and get him just spend the money what, go is, and get the, him. what is their relationship like though after the XFL uh, do like does Vince hold that personally against The Rock or is that a he, thing he, that we can discuss beforehand I can't see him holding anything personal against The Rock because The Rock oh, yeah. is the biggest the biggest star in Hollywood that used to be a wrestler you know it's just like I need attention Rocky, Rocky. There's going to be an easy way. You can tell he's pissed off at the Rock if he springs for the budget version and gets Jason Momoa for WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, though, like we talked about, obviously, those being the two title matches. I think, you know, and I'm going to sound like the biggest hypocrite here because I'm the world's biggest Rock fan. Sorry, Alan, it's true. Don't try fight it. Um, but the Rock Roman, I think, makes more sense. And I don't think the Rock would win. I think he'd put Roman over. And I think it would make it even bigger when Roman then does lose to someone like a Keith Lee maybe at SummerSlam. But Randy Orton Edge, you know, it, I don't know if they're going to try to put the title on Edge just so they can get him in front of a Saudi crowd. I, I, it's probably been promised that 
by the way, we're going to bring Ed over to Saudi Arabia for, you know, Super Showdown 8. This yeah. is personal. Um, or some crap like that. But I, I don't want to see Edge as WWE Champion because he had too many two-week reigns or two-month reigns or one-week reigns only to, you know, lose. And I don't want to see another one. The only other thing I'd say is, like, the guys were said that we'd be left out. Keith Lee and Drew could enter into a feud that could go to WrestleMania. Uh, easy and if you want to give Big E still a star making moment at Wrestlemania have him go over Lesnar because that still means something I know he's lost a lot now but Big E versus Lesnar Big E getting the win there that would give him a major rub uh, talking about Keith Lee Goldberg mm, no, <laughs> no, 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 no 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 uh, don't you fucking do no Big E smashing Goldberg would be a right laugh alright uh, talking about Keith Lee on Raw this week, we got the build to Survivor Series starting. It looks like it's going to be Raw versus SmackDown. The internet's going mental that NXT's not involved, but we're in a pandemic. They're two different bubbles. That's why NXT's not involved. It's not because they hate them. That is the main reason. I'm just getting that out of the back right now. If you want to disagree with me, at StevenW1192, Twitter. You can argue with me all you want. I argue with, lo- I argue with stuff I have to Twitter it. across. Put <laughs> in Twitter across. You can you at Suplex retweet as well, but right, if you want to give me abuse, point in the moment. Anyway, back to Survivor Series. We've got the standard cross-brand matches. We've got Randy's going to be taking on Roman Reigns. Asuka's going to be taking on Sasha. Bobby Lashley's going to be taking on Sami Zayn in a match that Ross cannot wait to see. And <laughs> we've got Street Profits versus the U-Day. And we've got yeah. Brand Warfare. We've got the Brand Warfares on both sides of things. Ross. Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. They've got the chance to right the wrongs of two years ago. <laughs> I hope to God Sami Zayn comes out and looks Bobby Lashley in the hot business in the eye and goes, Bobby, it's lovely to see you and your sisters again. I just, just bring it up. Like Tom Phillips saw a tongue-in-cheek, brought it up just like when Joe was like, you know, Bobby Lashley doesn't like anyone. He certainly doesn't like Sami Zayn. It's Tom Phillips. He said it so quickly, and you know, for a fact, somebody was probably shouting in the microphone and don't ever mention that again. He goes, my sisters aren't fond of him. Anyway, back to the match. We're <laughs> just gone. Now, uh, Sami Zayn, his great liberator character, his rightful Intercontinental Champion character has been superb. Bobby Lashley, uh, I think David said this in Central a couple of weeks ago, they finally struck gold with him. They found a character that suits him, which is badass henchman. Um, you know, and they've got MVPs, his mouthpiece. MVPs, Sami Zayn going up against each other promos would be absolutely amazing. But having bigged this up just now, I just get that horrible, horrible thought. This match, Sami Zayn's going to win because Retribution are going to get involved. I'm trying not to talk about Retribution this week because it's just... It's, it, 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 <laughs> they're absolutely guff. I love my staff, I leave, but they're absolutely guff. Can I talk about them? No, we're not talking about them. Uh, okay. Uh, Grant, uh, we've mentioned so many times in the past, WWE are rotten when it comes to how they treat their tag team division. But if they've got any two teams in the, the whole roster that you'd love to see go head to head, Street Profits in the UD, it's got, a, it's got match of the night written all over it for Survivor Series. Aye, I think it's a match that, like, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm. I'm, I'm just going to go and say it. I'm not a big fan of any of them, really, to be honest. Aye, I'm, I'll be honest. You I'm just need Kwaku Aji's list, by the way. Of course <laughs> you know. Of course you know they don't wrestle the Tokyo Dome. Oh. I, 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 think, I think they would. <laughs> <laughs> but I've just, I've never been, like, I've never been sold in the street profits. New Day, 
I will not take away the fact that they are probably one of the best tag teams there's ever been and the contributions they've made to the business. It's just personally for me, it never vibed for me. Like, as guys, I find them hilarious. Their podcast is brilliant. Probably better than their podcast, just, but you know, that's a different story. Hey, come, come. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, better production standards. I still think I still think it's going to be an absolutely fantastic match, despite the fact I'm not a fan yet. I'm not a fan of the teams. I honestly think, yeah, that match, when I look at the entire card so far, I actually like the look of that. I'm big for that, Ian. I'll, I'll give it a go. I definitely, I'm a fan. David, I love, uh, I love the brand warfare thing. I'm a sucker for it, you know. A lot of people think it's crap. I'm a sucker for it. Raw men's team at the moment. We've got Keith Lee, AJ Styles, Sheamus who's done nothing for weeks, you know, and two to be named. One will probably be Drew. One will probably be somebody else. Yeah. Obviously, it'll probably it'll probably Slapjack, but <laughs> Slapjack on Team Raw would be insane. Um, like going back to the NXT thing, I think we're so we're so. We're so annoyed about it because last year was so good. However, we forget that the Survivor Series before that revitalised that show as a big four pay-per-view. It made it must-watch. And I'm looking forward to this. Five on five. Drew's probably going to take that spot. They might do a last chance thing and put Matt Riddle in because Seamus going over Matt Riddle it astounds me. It was a banger match. Though. It was a really good match. The two of them actually yeah. put a good, a good showing. Yeah, but, you know, it's Matt Riddle and Seamus, you know, who are... You can say what you want about Sheamus, he's been there a long time, he's a very, very capable competitor. Um, I think Big E and Seth Rollins and probably Daniel Bryan are locks for Team Smackdown uh, for making my conspiracy theory predictions. And I wouldn't be surprised to see both Mysterios in there as well, or one of the Mysterios and Murphy uh, repping rep Team Smackdown. So with that... Alistair Black. Talent, <laughs> see, I, di- I don't know. Grant, I don't know because they, they seem since you picked him in the draft, they seem to have just wanted to bin Alistair Black for lack of a better word, just put him in the bin and close the Well saying the golf. Well saying the golf wants the guy that looks like he's just been dragged out of the cat house on Team SmackDown. Are we back to the four corners? You back to Turkey, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> four corners black. <laughs> See the, the, the Alistair Black is a good shout. So is Kevin Owens. Yeah, it is a good shout. Kevin Owens, see if you're saying, dare you. next fucking season. Draft them first. Coward. <laughs> <laughs> Dabakato. Um, but we talked about um, SmackDown, uh, the SmackDown team possibly. We've talked about, obviously, Street Profits and New Day and Sammy versus Bobby. There's no guarantee we're going to get these matches. WWE have no, been really good the past couple of years at throwing curveballs and you know AJ Styles wins the title uh, Charlotte wins the, the women's title right before Survivor Series 2017 uh, Sheamus and Cesaro winning the titles uh, Miz before Survivor Series 2016 won the title you know WWE aren't afraid last minute they make uh, Survivor Series time is much must watch because you do not know who's going to show up on what show last year was so good because you had three shows involved unfortunately COVID being what it is, NXT's at the Performance Centre, Ron Smackdown at Thunderdome, they're separate bubbles. It, as much as it would be great, it'd be stupid to risk the hell for so many people, so they're not going to do it. But Ron Smackdown will be must-watch TV, and if there's a title match on, it'll be one you need to tune in for, because there is a chance a title could change hands before Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I talked about the main side of David, I'm going to talk about the women's side, Ryan. 
Uh, on Team Raw now, we've got the women's tag team champions of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. We've got Mandy Rose, Ross's favourite, my favourite, and David's favourite, Dana Brooke. And uh, not Grant's favourite, Lana. <laughs> it's Dana! It's Dana! It's Dana! It's Dana! Um, oh, fuck's sake. So, Ryan, I mentioned we might see Bailey on it, we might not see Bailey on it. There's a good chance we could see the two female Mysterios on the SmackDown team. <laughs> oh, Rey Mysterio's mall. I saw Rey Mysterio's wife. Rey Mysterio's mall as well. His mall, his daughter, get them all, Dominic in a wig. Just a team full of Mysterio's, mate. That's all you need. Is, is Eddie Guerrero's mall still alive? She's got previous in the ring. She could 619 JBL. Buy out Vicky's contract and she can show up to the match late. Like SummerSlam <laughs> 2005. Uh, We've only got four. Who's going to help? Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, who do you think is going to be on the team? <laughs> oh, mate. I'm not going to lie. Mysterio's more. Ray Mysterio's more is going to be there. Um, Angie Mysterio's <laughs> going to be there. Aaliyah's going to be there. Um, who else is going to be there? Some other female Mysterio <laughs> face from Mexican territory that they pulled them up. Senga. Just go to, aye, Senga just, Mysterio. Call her female Mysterio. <laughs> just any any female Mysterio that exists. Mrs. Just go to Facebook and type in Mrs. Mysterio and just pluck <laughs> one of them out and chuck them in a match. Can I be honest with you, mate? I cannot be bothered with oh. women's match. I cannot be bothered with it because, see, even just seeing the Raw team that came up the other day, it's just going to be a recipe for disaster, man. See anything that's got Nia Jackson in it, bin it. Like, it's going to suck. It's going to be. Do you know, so much so that... I, I don't yeah. know what it is about the, the women's... See the women's division on SmackDown, obviously you've got Bailey. Um, I don't know anybody there that can go on the, the SmackDown women's team. Like, genuinely, from the top of my head, I couldn't tell you anything. Billy Kay's the only name I can think of. No, no, you're missing the key one. Okay. You're missing, you're missing someone very important, and that person is going to be the one that's going to win it for SmackDown's team because it always beats the hell out of Lana every week, and that's the fucking table. Oh yeah, oh, oh, Bianca Belair, she's on SmackDown. Bianca, uh, oh, no, they're, they're going to put Natalia on it. Oh <laughs> God, Natalia will be on it, and Zelina will be on it as well. I think. Aye, Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot are on SmackDown as well, actually. Aye, right, okay. Grant said about the table, the table has more acting chops than fucking Natalia. It's certainly less wooden. Um, <laughs> this to me the is the... <laughs> this to me, look, just looking at the Raw team, is the weakest women's Survivor Series teams we've had since it came back, that the Raw Smackdown thing came back in 2016. Survivor Series and... Oh, it's just... <laughs> It's just such a dull lineup, and I, I, I just don't care about it. Yeah, it's Survivor Series. I think is a mixed bag, but we'll see how the build to that goes. I think SmackDown this coming Friday will give a good indication of what's going to go on there. Uh, I've got a lot of news that I'd like to run down from the WWE side. There's some absolute belters in there. I'm going to actually start. Ross, you actually brought up a good point. I'll go to you on this one. You talk about the NXT uh, bubble situation. With Halloween Havoc set to happen tonight, there's a big rumour going about that there's another COVID outbreak at the Performance Centre that has put Halloween Havoc in jeopardy in some degree. What's your thoughts? 
Has it been recorded live or is it? I'm not sure. I think it has been recorded live. I'm not 100% sure what they do with NXT right now. Um, I think. I think after this one, WWE really do need to look at themselves. It's not a good look for the company to have so many COVID outbreaks. Even if, even if it's false reporting, you know, any press is bad press. You know what I mean? When it comes to COVID, and I think WWE would be better to go back and maybe record a couple of weeks of NXT and then have their talent isolate because it's happening far too often and. If it is true, then it really is putting the talent at risk. Aye. Grant, I watched it. Last week, I was sitting downstairs with my dad. For people listening, I am currently living with my parents. Before you start shooting shit. Before the football came on, the NXT Can was on. You show me the doll where it touched you. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, NXT came on before the football came on. And they were all kind of... They had all the fans lined up. And my first thing, my dad goes going... They've not got much social distancing going on there, do they? <laughs> Maybe that kind of explains why they're apparently one of the ground zeros in Florida for COVID outbreaks. Apparently, I was reading it on, online earlier, but apparently like, the whole thing is fans are still going to be there for the tapings and that, but apparently the fans get tested about a day or two before the tapings. And if the test is negative, they're allowed in. So they're taking some precautions with the fans. I think it's the fans that are at risk. It's clearly coming down to production and talent. That's what the problem's coming to. It's not like the Canary Islands where you need to go to Boots and pay 120 quid for your test before you go flying. <laughs> <laughs> now, they seem to be doing some, Ryan, they seem to be doing some precautions more than they were, even then it still doesn't seem enough, but I think they're doing more than they were doing in March and April. I think it's fair to say. Listen, see when you're trying to put on a sport, event or any kind of promotion in a country such as America at this time when you've got total idiots running the country claiming that it's all conspiracy his best pal is the guy who's in charge of WWE so what do you expect like let's be honest if if your president of the country is calling it a hoax is his best pal going to follow the process properly for his company or is he going to just try and make some money he's going to try and make some money let's be honest so no, I think the I've seen about the the cases. They've not confirmed names, have they? I just seen it was Chelsea Green. She said she she'd caught it. She was recovering before. Um, she was the only kind of name that that really came out. But it's, do you know what? I'm I'm not even I'm not even shocked to be honest. With you. I'm not even shocked that they've got another outbreak and they'll have another outbreak again after this as well. They have numerous. So it's not going to be the, it's definitely not the first and it'll definitely not be the last either. From the PC to the Thunderdome, David, and uh, there's a lot of big talk that um, WWE's contract with the Thunderdome is ending at the end of November and the NBA is apparently coming back and the NBA used the Amway Centre. So WWE might not be able to use the Thunderdome after that. They're still trying to scramble for what they could use afterwards. I don't think they're going to be going on the road. Which year uh, do you think? The big thing about it, David, is the WWE need, looking for a U-style building because the old-style buildings, such as like a Madison Square Garden, can't handle the structure of the Thunderdome. 
I don't know, Jeff. Uh, well, that's, that's a question that's above my pay grade, Stephen. Where will we locate the WWE show? You do, you know think, I mean? like, do you think this means that Orlando Magic will use the Thunderdome Pyro for their entrance? He's starting to class, man. I'd watch that. Probably. They should, mate. They should. Do you know, right? I'm just going to talk in my arse because that's what I do in this show. And I, I'm not qualified to tell WWE where they should be going. Um, go back to the Hammerstein Ballroom. This is a man who holds a conspiracy theory show. <laughs> exactly, that's what I do, mate. I just put stuff out there so you can stick. Uh, but the Hammerstein Ballroom, I think, would be a nice sentimental touch. Obviously, it's where Raw started. Uh, there's a lot of history there. You could do it up in like a sort of ECW style, so it looks pretty cool. Other than that, Stephen, I don't think the Capital Wrestling Centre is a worst-case scenario. Obviously, it's putting more bodies in that confined space weekly. Um, and we've talked about the two bubbles. You might have to make that into a, a giant bubble, a super bubble, as it were. Um, but... No, I think Jericho I think Jericho would claim gimmick infringement with the, the bubble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good for NXT and I'm pretty sure they could sell off the Thunderdome screams at like a ten or a pop, you know what I mean? So they'll make their money back. Yeah, uh, <coughs> moving on now to another big bit of use <laughs> another big bit of use grant that might that you would be quite happy about. Uh, Miko Satamura has been confirmed as signing for WWE this week. Uh, and yes! Apparently, yes! And apparently she's going to... N- Miko Satamura. She's apparently going to NXT UK as well to be a roster member and a coach. So essentially it's just going to be progress is like last six months or air again. Well, it's Jim Smallman's booking it, so I... <laughs> I, like Satamura is one of the best women's wrestlers on the planet no denying it she is absolutely fantastic so it's a great signing for NXT UK but I feel it's a, a big loss for everyone else but it's you know her talent what she can bring to like their women's division she like, I was just surprised I was like wait you signed one of the biggest women's wrestlers in the world and you put her to NXT UK what you playing it? it's a weird one let's, let's be brutally honest NXT UK women's division is they've got some good talent in there but it's just shit because it's British so wrestling can book women I mean I'm telling you me and Ryan were talking about they need Sakamura over there pronto we both said that the other day um, like it's, it's a great addition she's in the main young she's in the second main young classic David you can go back and watch it I mean, the best oh. thing—the best thing that Satamura's ever done—is that that free kick against Man United at Celtic Park. Man, it was outstanding. I thought he was one half of the tag champs. No, oh, no, that's 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 Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, you do ball. You fucking do ball. Right, I'm going to throw to you in the next step. Uh, you see, this is what I actually find great. Uh, apparently. Came out that the only Arn Anderson said this in his podcast. The only reason that Vince McMahon kept booking David Otunga is because he wanted Jennifer Hudson to sing the national anthem at WrestleMania. <laughs> Mate, I said to you earlier on that this guy has got millions of quids in the bank. That's the exact reason why this guy has got millions of dollars in the bank. That is genius. That's exactly what I would do. If I was booking David Otunga, I'd be like, ah, David. Morning, morning for a wrestling match, mate. Make sure Missy's up there. She, she, she's busy. No, it's fine. Come on in for a wrestling match. Just keep going until you can get Jennifer Hudson in and then fucking ditch him, man. Ditch him. <laughs> mate, Jennifer Hudson did cats. Of course she would sing at WrestleMania. <laughs> Women clearly makes bad business decisions. You know what I mean? Paul, Paul, that's enough for you. Jennifer Hudson's class. 
I'm like, I'm like, if I was on the boys, I'd be Team J Hud all day, mate. I'd be Team J Hud all day. Team Tommy is pissed just like Greece. Hey, you. I'm more of a Mr. Hudson fan myself, but you know, each to their own. Um, I mean, is it any? Is it any surprise that Vince wanted Jennifer Hudson? He wants any celebrity attention he can get. You know, it's. But see, the thing is, like, have you not seen like, stories like when they were together? She didn't like that he was a wrestler. She didn't think it was good for his image. Uh, sorry, her image. You know, there was like whenever statements came out in the press about Jennifer Hudson, it was always her people that described David Otunga as ex-reality TV star. There was never any mention. Jennifer Hudson's people made sure there was never any mention of WWE. She did not like the fact that he was a wrestler. Stuck TV? up bitch. To be so, fair, Ross. To be fuck her. Fuck her. Mate. Fuck her. Fuck cats and fuck you. She's <laughs> an Oscar winner. Oscar winner, mate. Oscar winner, Jennifer. See, has. see, to be fair, she was spot on because that's the worst thing he's ever done would be involved with WWE. <laughs> is he still? I mean, David. He was, on the, he was on the pre-shows a few times. Does he still? Does he still appear in that one? I'm I still. still he's kicking a boy. Nah, they prefer to get Jeff Jarrett in the pre-shows and call him a junkie these days, man. Oh, <laughs> man. David's talking it. David's talking about Oscar winners, three six mafia Oscar winners, and they sung Mark Henry's theme song live. So if it's not too big for three six mafia, Jennifer Dude, Hudson can get her ass in there. <laughs> it's going to be like the U petition to, for us to get Jennifer Lawrence to sing the national anthem. No, I don't want that. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. <laughs> That's a bit we don't know if Jennifer Lawrence has the same range as J. Hunt. You know what I mean? She, she's going to offer herself up as tribute. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday proved that Roman Reigns has a better crying face than Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence is <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence has is so aesthetically pleasing, but a crying face is just oh my god, get off my fucking screen. Get, get oh, next, Roman next, Reigns in the Hunger next Games. One. You know, Next on Stephen Wilson's idea, celebrities they can get to sing like let's get let's get Kurt Cobain live for, for NXT, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you need that, like you need a hole in the head. Kurt Cobain can Kirkabane's booked to sing live at the next Saudi show. You know, when for Yokozuna versus uh, Ultimate Warrior made event. Uh, another, <laughs> another bit of news that came out this week. Uh, Chad Gable is now Chad Gable again. Yes. Because uh, Thanks, boss. <laughs> because Ross apparently um, he has one really big fan in the SmackDown backstage, and it's Daniel Bryan, who, as Big E said on a recent interview, Daniel Bryan is definitely a big part of the SmackDown booking team and he's very big on Chad Gable. Not surprised. Yeah, um, the fact that Daniel Bryan was involved and the whole, see that whole IC title should be defended every week. He was, you know, he was given like, off-site commentary on the matches and all that. I thought that was a bit weird. It does make sense now that he's on the booking team. I think it will lead to, spoiler alert, I think Daniel Bryan's winning the IC title either before Survival Series or at WrestleMania and that will become the weekly title. But, Thank God, Chad Gable. I mean, because you can only. At first, it was the, oh, it's just a nickname, Baron Corbin's game. I don't pay any attention to him, you know. And that's, all right, cool, that works. Then he goes, all right, I'll call myself short again, I'll still beat you. And it, that works. But then, see, when you've not got a storyline for him and he becomes a jobber and then he turns heel, you can't take a guy who's a heel called Shorty G seriously, you know what I mean? So it's probably for the best that he's back to Chad Gable and hopefully. We we don't see short cable again. I think WWE have a have a have a nickname quota because the other one I said he's back to be Chad Gable, but apparently they're going to change Lars Sullivan to the Freak. 
It's just gonna be called the freak. You know, do the freak. Yeah, he's just never like that again. Oh Jesus! Now, um, let's not talk about Lars Sullivan because I mean, he's our wank. It'll be our TV again soon. Each. I mean, let's, let's, let's think of this is similar logic. I mean, the other big thing on SmackDown is, uh, you know, there was Otis is no longer money in the bank, as we saw at Hell in a Cell, because Tucker screwed him. But Tucker's on Raw, but there was a thing on WWE.com that Tucker was on SmackDown, but apparently mm. Tucker is actually on Raw. So, you think that's just going to be. Which the, way did he go? Which way did he gonna, go? You think that's just going to be like the random Survivor Series match is going to be in there? There's going to be title, 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 title. These two teams, Tucker Otis. Match of the night. I love Otis, but I do, I do not want to see him versus Tucker on Survivor Series. It should be oh. on like TLC at match number three. Oh, Mania, Mania, main event. Nah. I love Otis. Otis. But where does Otis go? You know, where does Otis go from here? Like, he's lost money in the bank, you, you broke him up with his tag team partner, and I broke think he's he's an effective thing and stuff. Where'd they come yeah. from? Where'd they go? <laughs> Woke him up with Mandy Rose, was he? He's just like, you're just going to be floating about, you're going to find the big catering eating steak. Steak and yeah. I, I think Otis and Tucker will be on the Survivor Series teams, and I think Tucker will run from Otis. They'll, oh, they'll both get carried out and Otis tries to chase him at the arena. Could you imagine Team Raw? Right, you know, Keith Lee, AJ Styles, Drew, uh, Sheamus, Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's move away from WWE now and let's go on to AEW. And I need to throw this to David Campbell because I think he might explode. Let dinner out there on air. <laughs> What the actual hell? <laughs> 10 out of 10, mate. This was the segment that just made me fall in love with MGF. Fall in love with him, mate. Because I thought he was an effective heel, right? And then I realised he's a better singer than the guy who is the lead vocalist for a rock band. Like, the thing with the Dinner Debonair, you, everyone remembers it for me and my shadow, right? A random musical performance in the middle of this wrestling production. But see the comedy bits outside of that? They were actually really, like, really funny. Like, see with them, like, upping each other on the stake, calling the waitress the wrong name. It was all glorious, so much so, I sent it to a couple of my pals who don't watch wrestling, who agreed that this was utterly hilarious. The people, I'm going to say this directly to the people out there, who did not like the dinner debonair. You people are silly. Because if we try and drive this shit out from wrestling, right? If we try and get this this away, all you're gonna be left with is the meat and potatoes, like technical grapplers. And wrestling should be a variety show. And that's what Jericho and MGF did so well. They gave us this comedy segment and they upped it up to the nth degree it was so good I've not been entertained by a segment in many years like that and I speak honestly when I say that yeah uh, I've heard you and what? Scott McLeod the other day uh, rave about Yano in New Japan on East Meets West uh, so that's obviously the style of comedy and this is kind of what we've seen in this segment how would you kind of look at, at this uh, bit between Jericho and MJF the dinner day there was absolutely fantastic and by the way I think we should see if we can get Jim Cornette on this to have a wee debate with Campbell because I think that'd be fucking gold 
because you know I doesn't like wrestling is for everyone. There's different categories. There's comedy. There's deathmatch. Technical. You know there has to be something for everyone. It's meant to be a, a place for fucking weirdos and geeks and fucking everything in, in between. So when folks started ranting and raving about it, like shitting on it, it's like why? What? What? What's upset you so much? Like, do you really hate musicals that much? Do you hate culture? Grant, did uh, did Jim Cornette? You just said about Jim Cornette. Did he slag this off? I haven't seen that. Oh yes, he did. <laughs> of course, <laughs> he did. Right, oh, right, okay. I, I'm gonna I'll I'll play the part of David Campbell then. Uh, Jim Cornette's a wank, and that's the <laughs> end of it. You know, like see if a guy can sit and watch this and not enjoy what he sees, I'm sorry, he's not got a fucking clue. Bang on. I think, um, I, like, look, no offence to the NWA of the 1970s and 80s, no offence to the Midnight <laughs> Express and the Rock and Roll Express, no offence to Jim Cornette, but you know what, there's a reason, I, there's a reason that this stuff is in wrestling now, and there's a reason NWA sharply declined quality. There's a reason that Jim Cornette is not the head booker of a major company now. There's a reason that no one talks about the Midnight Express more mainstream. And hey, that that may be you know a travesty. They may be one of the best heel teams of all time. But you know, this isn't what we're going to remember. You know, it's a great segment. It's not what we're going to remember Chris Jericho for. It's not going to, what we're going to remember MGF for. But what it is, is a layer. And a, a career that, you know, Chris Jericho's career, he's done comedy, he's done serious, he's done musical numbers, he's taken a man's eye out, you know. He is layered and that's why you remember people like Chris Jericho because it's varied. It's not meat and potatoes, as, you know, David said, when you take that stuff out of wrestling. It's varied. MGF has been the despicable heel with Cody Rhodes. He's been the funny heel when he's outside interviews. He's been the smarmy, you know, La La Land wannabe in that segment. You know, it's layered. And Jim Cornette, I don't think Jim Cornette can see anything else but his own opinion. Yeah, it's fine to like your own thing. But when you go, well, it's pure crap. Well, tell me why it's crap. Old it's man yells at clouds. It's not the wrestling I like. It's like, see, when you talk to people that used to watch wrestling, like, oh, it's better than I watch it. Well, how do you know if you don't watch it now? Your opinion means nothing. And Jim Cornette is very proud of the fact that he doesn't watch WWE, he doesn't watch AEW, he doesn't watch this, that, and the next thing, but then makes a living off slating it. And you're like, how can you slate it if you don't watch it? I mean, is Jim Cornette secretly Strack? I mean, we don't really know here. Um, Never seen him in the same way. I strike never seems to watch WWE, yet he somehow always finds time to slate it, you know. Uh, but, see, well, I, I thought the segment was good. I think it's good. I think the one thing is, see if AEW want to continue doing these type of things, they need to stop. Like, a year ago they badged themselves as, we're only going to do serious wrestling. You need to kind of, it's the double stack side of things that makes things work, you know. I, I think they've realised very quickly, Stephen, that, that does, that's not that's not going to wash with folk that's not going to get you fairly big shows every single week if you just put on born playing wrestling shows if that's the case and you become and and I'm going to say that you become an indie show that's probably the wrong choice of words to say because if we look at indie shows it's just match then match then match you don't see segments you don't see backstage things unless you watch it on you know 
talk about ICW, you talk about the network and stuff like that, and you see what our backstage segments they do, whether it be just straight up interviews, blah, blah, blah. You need something, I think Ross was you there that said about kind of different layers to it. You need these different layers in a professional wrestling company to put on effective weekly show that's going to capture a, a wider audience than just people that enjoy wrestling. We all enjoy wrestling. But for me, this was one of the best things that I've seen in wrestling probably in the last couple of years. And it wasn't even wrestling. So, it's just, right. you know what I mean? It's a, it's a different form of entertainment. See, the thing I think is good is they had this segment here in the middle of a show which they had dedicated to a tournament to crown a number one contender. They had bloody Pentagon and Phoenix wrestling earlier on the night as well. It was like they had, they had that match and then they had this segment, you know, they had David's favourite war moment through to the semi finals, you know. Very good in ring talent, but his promo skills are miles ahead of that. 
And the fact is that he's like th this is what made that so good. It was varied. You had the serious, you know, tournament of Penta versus Ray Phoenix. Then you had, you know, the squash match Kenny Omega. Which, by the way, people complain about that online. Kenny Omega should be squashing people like Sonny Kiss, who are up and comers in 15 seconds. If you're going to boot camp towards a world title shot, Kenny Omega should be winning in 15 seconds. And then you had this. It's varied. It's layered. And. You know, I know AEW did all weird the alternative. Well, you can be the alternative without being completely different. Slight tweaks, different presentations, different, you know, talent. That's the way you become the alternative. You don't have to be, we're doing none of that WWE stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's counterproductive, I think. The Kenny Omega point's really good, because I remember they had a match. I can't remember when it was. They had a match, I think it was on Dark, or was it on Impact, or was it on Dynamite? where he took on one of the local indie talents that they have on and the guy gave him a really good match and there was a lot of people saying that why is Kenny Omega having this so kind of that's different though isn't it that's different I, I, I take Ross's point but Sonny Kiss is a guy you've had signed to that roster since day one and I don't think he's been given his due necessarily on AEW um, I think he's a very talented performer very athletic very unique character Um I don't have an issue with Kenny Omega squashing someone in 15 mm -hmm. seconds. For me personally, as a, son, a fan of Sunny Kiss, it, it, I just take issue with who it was. You know, I think that's my problem. We've um, we've still got uh, before we round off the show. We've got a lot more stuff to talk about. There's a lot of things going on outside of the two companies this week. Uh, we can't have Grant on the show without talking a bit about Japan and confusing David. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to make my mic for a wee minute. You know? <laughs> Grant, you said there's a couple of. Uh, Big shows coming up, big matches. Aye, so um, this coming Sunday and Monday is the, it's currently the Road to Power Struggle Tour. So Power Struggle's on their big pay-per-views. The build-up to that, they have a whole bunch of little kind of house shows. Most of them aren't even going online, but two of them are because they have the junior tag title match on Sunday, which is the current defending champions, Suzuki-gun, um, Kanemaru and El Desperado against Hiromu Takahashi and Bushi. Pretty much going to be a big tease to set up the best of Super Juniors. We're getting the announcement for the lineup for that, apparently, on that night. Not announcing World Tag League. Expect the Good Brothers. I'm, I'm putting my money on that. I think Gallows and Anderson are coming back to New Japan. And the Monday is the heavyweight tag match, which is... I'm getting my... Yoshihashi. <laughs> and uh, Goto against Dangerous Techers, Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi on the back of an absolutely brilliant G1 show. So they're, like, they're actually putting title matches on the road to shows to drum up the interest because Power Struggle is only six matches. Japan has really cut down their cards, limiting the talent. Their COVID guidance is second to none. It's clearly shown by the fact that who's got crowds in of like 3,000 in big shows? Japan's got it. And are they getting people getting their own at it? No, they're not. So, Grant, yeah, did, you just say did you just say there's a wrestler called Techers? Dangerous Techers is the tag team. Mate, that's mate that name is unbelievable, <laughs> Techers. That's one of your favourite Japanese wrestler. Aye, we're, we're, me and Ryan are the best this year. It's because Zach Sabre Jr. in it who's English. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I can't remember. If I was Harry, Potter, Harry Potter's not the only wizard from England. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, the best... The best thing ever is watching Zack Sabre Jr. last year having his meltdown over Boris Bloody Johnson. That was hilarious. Uh, 
Ryan, I'm going to throw to you in this one because uh, there's a bit of interest for an uh, update from Ring of Honor, who have apparently removed Marty Skrull from the roster list. Uh, a lot of speculation, it may just be a temporary thing, or it may just be that it maybe cut ties with Marty because of the whole speaking out thing. Is Marty Skrull a beast? Doesn't. <laughs> he is. He's been accused, is what I'm saying. Right. Oh. So he's been accused of being a beast, and then they've cut ties him. So that means he's a beast. So fuck him. Okay. The, the, the end. <laughs> Stephen, speaking of Ring of Honor, did you see who's in the pure tournament finals? We were wrong. Was it not Gresham and Lethal? Not Gresham. Williams. Uh, sorry, Gresham's in, but uh, Lethal got beat. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> uh, I'm, um, I'm, Who beat him? I'm invested. Who beat him? Tracy Williams. Sauce, Sauce Williams. Oh, nice. uh, oh, I had Grisham with my coat, and it's all right. I've, I've got Grisham with my coat. Uh, Bound for Glory. Did anybody watch it? Watch some it. Uh, 2008, aye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll throw back to you on it. Anything stand out from Bound for Glory? the tag match um, that bloody injury Alex Shelley got that was terrifying a horrific looking pile driver on the stage so sadly my, my favourite tag team that's going at the moment isn't the tag champs anymore Motor City Machine Guns dropped it it went to the north which feeds into my theory that the Good Brothers are going back to Japan because why would you have your big champions go off to Japan for like two months wouldn't it make sense yeah uh, yeah there's a the, like, the, the other match that I kind of caught was the X Division match. Jordan Grace looked fucking outstanding in that. I feel a lot of good stuff from jo- about Jordan Grace in that one as well. Uh, Rich Swan's now their champion. That's an interesting one for anybody who's been a, who watched Rich Swan during the Can movie. you handle it? Can you handle it? Can you handle it? Chun, oh, can Eric, you handle it? Uh, Eric, Young, Eric Young couldn't handle it apparently. Uh, <laughs> David Campbell would love this one. Uh, David, have you seen the end of him? Seen the end of Impact this week? Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> yes, I caught it on on, on the YouTube's uh, very briefly, um, and that is exactly what I want to see in wrestling. I am now invested in that storyline, and I didn't quite understand what was going on. So was Rosemary getting married, right? Yes. And no, no, she... Taya Valkyrie was. Well, Taya Valkyrie was getting married. I thought it was Rosemary. No, tube. Right. Wait a minute. Was James Mitchell <laughs> officiating the wedding? Yes. Yeah. Aye. Right. Okay. Uh, the last I seen of him, he killed. He was part of Ali getting killed in hell, uh, and this old guy from WCW was there, uh, and all that jazz. So you know, at this wedding, someone got killed. Tommy Dreamer was there. Uh, Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer is fantastic. Um, Stephen, I'm very invested. I will follow this for you if, if you so please. We will do go, an entirely go, new show dedicated go back to this. Go back and watch all of Impact WrestleHouse stuff. It's like, it's mental. It's like, what the hell are they can doing? I, I must. Can I ask you something on this on this wedding thing? Um, obviously, I had a, a wee pot shot at Strike for being like um, James Cornette. And then he commented on this saying, Impact's getting better. And then this shit happens. David, you have the, uh, the Book It tournament coming up. Strack yeah. is on one side of the bracket, I am on the other. I hope the final is me and Strack because I am going to book a tournament where eight people get shot. And 
<laughs> and you'll have to tune into the Book It Final when me and that should be. I know you've gave us parameters for the first round matches. If I get through first round, if I get through the semis, that is going to be the parameter. Someone must get shot. Ross, the only way you can illegally book that is if it's in Saudi. <laughs> I might force everyone to do something they don't want to do. So I'll, I'll force, like, if Alan was in it, made the final, I'd force something to book Brock Lesnar. You know, Strack has to book someone getting shot and singing a Frank Sinatra song. You know, shit like that. You know, keep it fresh. What wait, can wait, I do? David, what, what Campbell, can I do, David? could you make it? You have to. You have to put your show in entirely Japanese, right? <laughs> <laughs> Campbell, Campbell, could you make it that Alan's when he's not allowed to book the Miz in Retribution? No, he's only allowed to book <laughs> someone with the Miz's eyes uh, on the show. <laughs> Which, uh, according to Alan, could be any number of yeah. talent. <laughs> anyway, back to the wrestling. Yeah. Right. Um, you, so, see on no. for glory. Hi. I, I like I really enjoyed the battle royal. Um, Hornswoggle made an appearance, which you know, in small doses is not entirely offensive. I thought him and uh, Brian Miles had a good interaction. Uh, James Storm popping up, making a comeback. Tommy Dreamer's tribute to Animal, and then uh, Heath Ledger. Uh, Heath Ledger, fuck's sake. <laughs> Heath Ledger. Fucking hell! <laughs> I've never been of Heath Ledger. <laughs> Oh, such a joker. Anyway, uh, he Slater, uh, the rule that part of the stipulation was if Rhino or Heath won, then Heath would get a full-time contract. If Rhino or Heath, if, if one of them didn't win, both of them would have been fired. And Rhino wins to get his pal a contract. And I thought that was absolutely smashed. I thought that was a nice wee touch. He's got kids. Heath got well. injured in the match, and that's nice. why he got chucked out. I. So that's why I think Heath was meant to win the match, but he got injured during it, so they had to improvise and get chucked out. That's how Rhino won it. <laughs> and now Heath's injured. I like Rhino. I always like Rhino. The, the Jonathan Woodgate of TNA there. He's see, there. Just before we, see, before we round up on this, um, Grant, you mentioned Jordan Grace earlier on. Can we just take a wee minute to bury that fucking wank Sabu for his comments on Twitter? Just let's finally get rid of it. Last thing to talk about uh, is a UNWA Women's Champion. Thunder Rosa has been dethroned. We now have Serena Deep as the NWA Women's Champion. She'll be defending that title as of tonight, as of the time of recording, uh, on Dynamite. But, uh, but the big rumour is apparently that Thunder Rosa is going somewhere. She's going to WWE or she's going to AEW. I'll ask the panel quickly to round this off. Where do you think Thunder Rosa is going? David. I think she should go to AEW. I think their women's division, we've said it, is drastically in need of more high-level talent. Um, Dr. Brick Baker is getting booked in the right way now. That's a, a bright spot, but they need more. And I think Thunder Rosa has proved uh, that she could be with AEW's women's division is missing. So I'd say go to the night. Um, I'll say sort of that and one other wee quick little thing, which is I think I'm away Campbell and AEW and also just I think we've, we should have mentioned it as well. Tracy Smothers, rest in peace. Oh, Absolute yeah, legend. Tracy Smothers. Uh, formerly of the FBI, you know, full-blooded Italians in ECW, not the one I, I went uh, very familiar with, but yes, very sad loss today. Tracy Smothers to the rest of the world. Meant a lot to everybody. Thanks for bringing that up, Grant. Uh, Ross, what's your thoughts on Thunder Rosa? 
Where's she going? Um, well, she's went straight into my heart, much like Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Rosa, Rosa, Rosa. <laughs> but um, I think she's going to go, she's going to be on Team Smackdown. She's going to be Rey Mysterio's mom. Uh, and <laughs> no, I, I, if, if she goes to NXT or WWE, I'd be very, very surprised. AEW is more than likely, and I wouldn't exactly be surprised, she's been featured on their uh, on their TV before, she's been featured in title matches before, and she had a very good title match with uh, was it Hikaru Shida yeah. at uh, uh, All Out, or aye, All Out. Aye. Um, she had a very good match with her, and I wouldn't be adverse to seeing another match with a bit more storyline other than just she's a champion she's a champion they're going to fight for the championship you know I'd, I'd like a a good match and you know AEW's women's division is starting to become a little bit more interesting so she can come that up right uh, it's going to be AEW and they've already got this wee connection um, is that Serena Deeb's actually going to be on Dynamite as well did somebody send that before so they've obviously got this this wee deal between between the two companies, so um, it would make sense for her to go there. Like Ross said, if she goes to WWE or NXT, that would be a total curveball, man. Like, especially, I don't even actually think they would take her just now because of the affiliation she's got with AEW and the fact she's recently been on. I don't think WWE would bother their ass by taking her, to be honest with you. So, I think the only landing spot for her is going to be AEW. Yeah, I'll be interested to see where she goes, but she's been a very good NWA Women's Champion and it'll be interesting to see how Serena Deep does with that belt. Obviously, she is an AAW roster member, so the fact she's got that is a positive sign for the relationship between the two companies. But for that, I think it's time that we wrap up here this week's ESSR Central. Plenty to go through throughout the world of WWE, AAW, and all the other crap that we've talked about today. <laughs> if you've enjoyed the show, you know where we are. We're on... Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Suplex Retweet. Subscribe to us if you've not subscribed to us already. Suplex Retweet and all your good podcast channels. And we're on YouTube as well, where you can hear great shows. Quiz Showdown, Conspiracy Theory, and Book It. That's another one now that will be coming soon to the YouTube channel with David Campbell. But for us here, all I mean to say is thank you very much for listening. I'd like to thank my panel, David Campbell. Yeah, pleasure as always, Stephen. And I have drank uh, more than I have in a while. It's been fun. Uh, to Ross McLeod. Thank you very much. Ruben and Stevie was more for the survival series. <laughs> uh, to Ryan Gallagher. Cheers, Stephen. Fuck Jim Carnett and fucks her about. <laughs> and Crack McRobbie, thank you very much. Thanks, Stephen. Honestly, we shouldn't be allowed to get there again. This is a fucking danger. <laughs> it's David uh, Campbell's fault. We started drinking at four o'clock today. Yes. <laughs> fucking teachers. Next at twelve o'clock. <laughs> next time this Next time this group get together, we'll probably be booking the Mysterios versus Retribution. <laughs> probably should. Probably should. Uh, next yes. week on the uh, you'll next year the feature show next week before Central, we'll be talking about the impact of Impact. We'll be looking back at TNA from the early days right up to who shot Bravo. <laughs> we'll see you then. Have a good one. Hello, I am the GOAT, David Campbell, and I would like to invite you, the listener, to my new show over at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweets YouTube channel, and that show is The Conspiracy Theory, where once a month, 
I will be taking a look at all the rumours and speculation in the world of professional wrestling and giving the most important opinion on the matter. My opinion. Yes, that's right. Head over to Suplex Retweet's YouTube channel. Like, share and subscribe where you'll get a lot of other great content over there, such as the new hit show, Quiz Showdown. But don't forget, check out my new show, The Conspiracy Theory, on Suplex Retweet's YouTube channel. Farewell, friends.